You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Part to a record-breaking performance by running back Eno Benjamin, Arizona State posted its first Pac-12 conference win of the Herm Edwards era with last Saturday night's 52-24 victory over Oregon State. Now it's time for the Sun Devils to hit the road once again as they head to the Rocky Mountains for a Saturday afternoon showdown with the lone remaining unbeaten team in the Pac-12, the 4-0, 21st-ranked Colorado Buffaloes. Join us over the next hour as we preview the ASU-Colorado game, as well as reflect back on last week's historic win over Oregon State, as we welcome you all aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football, and with me, as always, first-year ASU head coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I are here every Thursday night during the 2018 college football season for an hour-long look into the realm of Sun Devil Football. Our new home for the ASU Football Coaches Show this season is the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, located on First and Farmer near downtown Tempe, Arizona. The Lodge has been a terrific venue for our show so far this year. Great crowds every week, including tonight, and we invite you to come down and be a part of it. Great food, great beverages, and great conversation talking about Sun Devil Football. Just like a game, this show is formatted in quarters, so now let's begin the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, first quarter. Now time to welcome in head coach Herm Edwards to the show. Herm, always good to see you. How you been? Well, it's good to be back with the win under our belt. Well, you, you remember, remember how you said last week, oh, boy. Tim, we've got to score points, we need a win. You, well, you scored points and you got to win. Yeah, we scored a lot of them. When you think about what the offense was able to do, they had ten possessions and on uh, eight of those they scored points. How about and, that? And that was critical. And, and it started... Um, with our run game, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the record that was uh, broken by Eno, and, and we have three of the guys that helped him get those yards and their and their offensive line coach, Dave Christensen, here in the audience. So um, I never imagined um, we'd run it, th- uh, what, 48 times for, what, 396 yards yes. and Eno's 312 yards. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable. The first Sun Devil back ever to go over 300 yards rushing in a game. Obviously, the all-time single-game rushing leader in Arizona State history, but no Sun Devil back had ever gone over 300. In fact, it's the eighth-best single-game performance in Pac-12 conference history. And, boy, there's a who's who of guys in this league who have run for 300 yards. Well, yeah, there really, there really are. And, and, you know, when you think about the numbers that he put up and – it's just amazing because when you start running the ball, you don't realize how many yards you're, you're, you're running for. And then just as you watch the game, um, you continue to run because mm-hmm. they're not stopping it. So why throw if you can run? And, and I just thought that they did a great job and, uh, of calling run plays and offensive line did a nice job of blocking and you know did a great job of running. And the beauty of it all from your perspective, I'd have to think, Herm, is you've made it very clear since the day you were hired, this is what you want Arizona State football to be. You want to be able to run the football. Well, we do, and I think you have to be balanced. Uh, I've always lived on this this motto that you throw to, to score points, but you run to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, a running game travels. And the last two weeks, I think the offensive line, Dave, did some things there, adjusted 
certain players and yeah. a very competitive group and um, put in some nice run plays for us. And uh, the last two weeks, it has come to fruition for us. We've been able to run the football pretty yeah. consistent. Absolutely. I did a piece for uh, this Saturday's pregame show looking back on Eno's game, and it was interesting for me this week, Herm, to talk to people because just about every different person I interviewed or talked to, had a, there was a different aspect of what Eno did that impressed them. And I know, hearing your news conference uh, earlier this week, I know you're impressed with the yak factor, the yards after catch, the the elusiveness this young man seems to have. Yeah, especially in the open field. And, and, and you know, he's a strong runner. Um, he, he, uh, you know, yards after contact. Right. That's what makes, that, that, you yeah. know, that, that's the makeup of a good running back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a lot of times he got some great blocking, obviously. Um, but, but yards after the hit, uh, down the field, some at five. And when you continue to get into the back end of the secondary, um, safeties and, and corners are trying to tackle you. And he does a nice job of really dealing with the contact, bouncing off and making extra yards. It's a tremendous uh, combination of things you have going. He's great at yards after contact, but your offensive line is creating holes because mm-hmm. I saw some number where he averaged – Something like almost three yards per carry before he got hit. Yeah, and and, and that's a credit to to those guys getting after the guys. And, and really, you know, it, it starts with their ability to seal the hole, but then get to the next level, get to the linebackers. And when you can do that, then you become a very, very potent uh, offensive running football team. And, uh, you know, as I said, Dave has, has done a remarkable job with these guys Um They've, they've rotated at times, and, and he's kind of found a niche, and it's a very competitive group now. There's mm-hmm. about seven of them that, that, that play, and, um, you know, he's harder now. He's <laughs> and, they, and then what they've done, they set a standard. They have to set a standard for themselves, and it's a proud group. Smart, I always say the offensive linemen are the smartest guys uh, per group on the team, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're very cerebral. Um, they go about their work. They don't get a lot of accolades, you know, which you rush for, what, almost 400 yards. <laughs> It's a special breed of cat to do that kind of work, It really it? does. It really does. For sure. Another of the things I heard this week about Eno, I know Coach John Simon, his running backs coach, said this, and maybe a few other people too, they love his attention to detail. And what I was fascinated to learn is that Eno spends, as I understand it, as much time in the offensive line meeting room as he does in the running backs meeting room. Yes, he does. And uh, and that's that's all on Eno because he wants to know how to press the hole for the offensive lineman. He wants to know where the blocking schemes are about to, to take place so he can gain those extra yards. And that's what you call, in, in, pro, in, in pro football, we call that, that's a pro. Mm-hmm. That's a pro. He's not just running the ball. He wants to know what the guy's in front. And I, and I think it was... It was unique when the game was over. He obviously got the game ball in the locker room. And how he praised, the first thing that came out of his mouth was he praised the offensive line and what a great job they had done for him. I loved it. He had a little mini press conference, I think it was Tuesday, and he was talking about how he's such a humble kid. He said it didn't really seem like that big a deal to me. And he said when he was back in high school in Texas, he'd get all these accolades and he'd never tell his family because right. he didn't think it was that big a deal. Well, his mom came to the game and I said, if she if, if he runs like that all the time, we need to get her to every game. <laughs> it was a pretty good performance. I would say so. That's for sure. You know, you talk about the yards after contact. How about uh, this stat? There's a, a, a stats-based uh, I think it's a website. It's called Pro Football Focus. But they came up with a stat that Eno uh, avoided or resulted in 20 missed tackles in the Oregon State game, and that is the most 
ever by a college back since this pro football focus site has been recording such statistics. Yeah, he, he has great vision once he gets to the open field um, and, and understands, uh, you know, how to put tacklers in, in, in poor position. And the good running backs are able to do that. I mean, he has, he has this great sense of, of when to cut back or, or when to accelerate. You know, I, and you talk about the offensive line. As you said, we're going to hear from three of the offensive linemen, including Casey Tucker. And to me, one of the interesting things about Saturday is that he got all, you got all those yards, and Casey, who's a terrific player, wasn't in the game. He no. was out injured. And uh, well, he's coming back this week. <laughs> so that's to play a 4-0 team, he's coming back. And, and obviously, you know, what, what offensive linemen are guys is, you know, for them to miss a game, they're hurt. I mean, they, they play through pain, a uh, tremendous amount of pain. But, he was in a position where we didn't want to chance anything. We wanted him to get ready for the for the long haul here. You know, mm-hmm. we got seven games left, and it, it's important that, that he's part of part of the mix. So um, he'll be ready ready to go this weekend. And you know, I, I think we can talk to Coach Christensen about this later in the show. But one thing about the offensive line, I've, I've seen this with a lot of different O line coaches, is I think one way you build depth is almost by building interchangeability, where you have guys that are able to play multiple positions. And Casey's the best example of that he opened the season as your starting left tackle, and then uh, in the Washington game slides over to left guard, and boy, you don't you don't miss a beat. No, and, and Cabral started it off with going to center, right? So we we've, we've got some guys that can play dual positions, which is always a good thing for you. And, and when you have a rotation of, 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 you know, seven guys that have played football, mm-hmm. uh, that's always a good feeling for you. You know, kind of lost in the shuffle of all the hoopla about Eno's brilliant performance uh, and the running game in general on uh, Saturday night was the fact that I thought your quarterback turned in a pretty doggone courageous performance given the fact that he was basically sick as a dog with a bad case of the stomach flu. Manny Wilkins was uh, was leaving, literally leaving it on the field on uh, Saturday uh, night and yet threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions, rushed for uh, I think nine times for 61 yards and did it while under the weather is uh, putting it mildly. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's who Manny is. I mean, he understands um, his leadership is very important, and I, and I know the doctors checked on him. I checked on, on him as well in between series, and he said, Coach, I'm ready. I'm going to go, and uh, he kept going. And, you know, and look, when you can run it that many times, you, you, you basically take a lot of pressure off the quarterback. That you do. <laughs> so being able to run the football and uh, we really helped him as well. I love your explanation of why you want to have a running team. It's not too hard. You turn around. Turn around, get hand, it to the back. Hand it to the guy. They can never stop you from giving the ball to the back. Ball's not too heavy. No, it's never too heavy. Yeah, no. they, they can take it and run. That's right. Now, on the downside of things, uh, while you did run for 396, Oregon State also ran for 261. Yeah, and sure I did. know that, uh, boy, Danny Gonzalez, your outstanding defensive coordinator, it, it pained him yesterday to talk about it because it, it, it hurt him because uh, that's not uh, what he's looking for from that run. No, and, and it's all about gap responsibilities and, and really containing the edge. And, and, and a couple times they broke out on us. And, look, we went into this game knowing that this was a big play offense. Mm-hmm. They were averaging. Yeah, know, we talked close. about that last yeah. week, like 23 chunk plays. That's exactly year. right. And so it showed up in the second quarter. Uh, I think we, we we lost our, I don't know, I wouldn't say confidence, but, but after the flea flicker, there's some signs of, okay, well, now i got to go make a play. And rather than just staying with the plan and not guessing, we started guessing a little bit on defense, and, and then they got some momentum going. Mm-hmm. You know, they got momentum, and, and good for them. They got momentum, but then I thought the stop was really big. Near the goal line. Yes, yeah. it was really big. That was a big fourth down stop. That was a great play, I thought, by Chase Lucas. Yes, and, and, and what ended up happening on that drive 
the offense takes it 94 yards and scores. And then all of a sudden the game flips again. So we, we, we had a bad quarter uh, or, or a series of plays, I should say. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to get away from. We, we can't let one bad play become a series of bad plays. Exactly. Because, the, you know, that's the mindset. That's where the mental toughness has to come in. And who better to drill that into a team than you as a former defensive back? Because that's exactly the mindset a DB has to have, isn't it? Her? Selective memory, we call it. Yeah. And when something bad happens, you can't make it a series of bad plays because then all of a sudden it becomes, uh-oh, what's going on? And you can't allow that. And, and that's a little bit of his youth, a little bit of his inexperience from guys playing in the back end. Uh, but we gotta, we got to understand we have to be mentally tough and fight through those things. And you need to do that this Saturday against a pretty good football team. They're 4-0. Now, yeah, Colorado's uh, com- the record of their combined opponents this year is 1-16. and But when I watch them, Herm, I watched a lot of their game against UCLA last week. They passed the eyeball test to me. They look like a pretty good football team. They're, How about you? They're well coached. They're a big football team. Um, you have an outstanding quarterback. Have receivers similar to uh, Nikhil. LaVisca uh, yeah, Chenault. Yes, yes, That's going to be, we're going to see two of the very best. Uh, we, of course, we all think Nikhil Harry is as good as it gets in college football, but LaVisca Chenault of Colorado leads the nation in receptions per game and yards per game. And it's kind of funny when you look at their stats. They're almost similar. They, they both have around eight touchdowns. Same build. Um, same build. And Manny, as well as uh, their quarterback, um, 10 touchdown passes. And, and you know, Manny has. Uh, uh, 10 as well yeah. so it's 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 kind of interesting some of the stats match up indeed and steven montez their quarterback he's an rpo guy a dual threat mm-hmm. guy but i'll tell you what when i think of rpo type quarterbacks i'm thinking of these small speedster type no. this guy is 6'5 235 pounds and yet athletic yeah and breaks a lot of tackles uh ucla game he broke a lot of tackles i mean big time tackles and they had him i mean it's not defensive backs were trying to tackle him defensive linemen were trying to tackle him and he he got out of it and then so you have to be concerned with that i thought ucla actually did a pretty good job defensively for about a half against them they played them they they was they were up 16 i think 14 uh they're late in the second quarter and then all of a sudden they scored and and then it kind of got away from them And, and that's what you don't want to do you don't want to go on the road UCLA has a young quarterback. Right. It got into about two scores, and now all of a sudden the young quarterback had to throw on the road, and that's always tough. It's tough for any quarterback to throw on the road. That's for sure. Say, fans, for the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Herm and I will delve more into the Colorado game a little bit later on in tonight's show, but we have lots more headed your way between now and then. Sun Devil offensive line coach Dave Christensen will drop by a bit later on, but up next, you'll meet three of Coach Christensen's hosses in the ASU O-line. Quinn Bailey, Casey Tucker, and Zach Robertson, all front and center. They'll join us in a moment. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Healy River Hotels and Casinos. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard. Presented by Coors Light. On game day, leave the driving to Lyft, proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four Lyft rides. Sounds like a pretty doggone good deal to me. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host for tonight's show, Before we begin this segment, a personal note, if I may, we have a terrific Sun Devil fan who comes to every single show who's having a birthday tonight. 
Wesley Hurstein is 39 once again. We love you, Leslie. Happy birthday, my dear. And I think the fellows are going to get you a win on Saturday in Boulder as a nice little uh, present for you. How about that? Time now to welcome in our player guests this evening, three of them in all. Ordinarily, we consider these player segments the meat and potatoes portion of the show. Tonight, though, forget the potatoes. It is all meat. In answer to the question, where's the beef, the answer is sitting right next to me. We have a lot of guy, as John Madden would say, a lot of guy up here with me on the podium. First of all, uh, we're going to introduce to you the veteran of this bunch. He's the man in the middle here. He's a senior from Higley High School in Gilbert, Arizona. He will make his 27th career start Saturday at Colorado and his 22nd at the offensive right tackle position. Say hello to tackle Quinn Bailey. Quinn, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Great to have you here. Joining Quinn, a 6'6", 300-pound left tackle, who since moving into the starting lineup two weeks ago has helped the Sun Devils produce two of their best rushing games of the season. He's from Bellflower, California, on the far right, Zach Robertson. How are you, Zach? I'm good. How are you? Good to see you, man. Finally, to my immediate right, a young man. He was a five-star recruit out of Hamilton High School in Chandler. Ended up going to Stanford University, where he started 22 games for one of the most respective offenses lines and one of the best programs in the country. Having gotten his degree, he transferred back home to ASU, where he's finishing up his career as a Sun Devil. He's played both left tackle and left guard this year. His name is Casey Tucker. Casey, good to see you, bud. Thanks, good to see you, too. Thanks for coming aboard. I'd like to get each of you to chip in. Uh, let's begin. Quinn, we'll start with you as the veteran, but I wanted each of you to share with me. We talked uh, with Coach Edwards at the beginning uh, about all the different thoughts and uh, emotions relative to what we saw from Eno Benjamin on that uh, record-breaking 312-yard rushing performance, and it was you guys that helped pave the way. Quinn, uh, what was most compelling to you about the way Eno ran the ball and the way things went down for the running game last Saturday? Um, I think just how he handled himself as a uh young running back being a sophomore i think he plays like a senior and he acts like a senior in the locker room around the guys that's kind of an endearing quality isn't it for a teammate to, to be as modest as he is and talk about the fact that he he actually spends a lot of time in your meeting room doesn't he yeah we have the running backs and tight ends in our meeting room every tuesday and i think that helps us a lot absolutely zach uh, what will you remember most about uh, the way things went down against oregon state and the way Eno ran the football um, I think definitely just the way, you know, like Quinn said, how he handled himself and how, um, you know, he, he gave all the credit to us. And But, I mean, at the same time, he he just he, he did as good as he could. And, um, you know, he's, he's a really good running back. Um, he doesn't get tackled um, easily. And uh, we all appreciate him so much. And, you know, like you said, he's in our meeting room. And, and he's, he sits in the very front. All the other running backs sit in the back. And he has his nose and he takes notes. And. He's, he's, he's very into it. Wow. I, I remember last week we had Merlin Robertson, the freshman linebacker, on, and everyone has said how Merlin knows, like, all three linebacker positions. It sounds to me, Zach, as though Eno almost knows your job as well as he knows his own, huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. How does that help? Uh, it, it, it seems like there's a really good synergy developing between you guys and the O-line and the running back core you have. Yes, definitely. I mean, when, when your running back knows, you know, your calls and, and he knows – where you're going to and when and who you're blocking it makes it easier for him to you know um, find those holes and and make you know good cutback lanes and and things like that and at the same time and when we know where he's going and where his track is when he's running the ball um, it, it it helps both of us um you know stay on you know on uh, on pace right 
Casey Tucker had had to kill you not to get to play in that game last week. What was what was your perspective of Eno's performance having to watch as a spectator yeah. last Saturday? Uh, it's always tough to watch on the sidelines, but, I mean, uh, the whole performance was really impressive. Uh, just see carry after carry, persistent effort from him. Um, that was one of the things that stood out. Um, he had, like, three really long runs in a row, and you see him fighting for every single yard he can get. So mm-hmm. um, overall, it's really impressive to watch. Well, last year, a lot of our folks here know that the Sun Devils were on the business end of a 300-yard rushing game, courtesy of your ex-Stanford teammate, Bryce Love, who had, I think, 302 against the Sun Devils in that game up at uh, Stanford uh, last September. How would you compare the two, having seen and worked with Bryce Love and now uh, working with uh, your teammate with the Sun Devils, Eno Benjamin? That was actually one of the first things I noticed when I came out to spring practices was a lot of similarities between the two. Um, they all have their own, their own respective skill sets, um, but they're also very similar um, and great people off the field too, which mm-hmm. is also really really good quality to have and, and a guy that you you're blocking for. Yeah, he sounds like he's as appreciative of uh, was he as appreciative of the Stanford O line guys as uh, Eno obviously is of your efforts. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. Yeah, that goes along with good character. I mean, it's, it's always good to have a guy that appreciates you. Yeah, absolutely. Quinn Bailey, you got to block the last couple of years for a pretty doggone good tandem of backs. Demario Richard, the fourth leading rusher in Arizona State history, and Kalen Balaj. Uh, talk about those experiences. How would you compare Eno to those two guys in terms of their running styles? Um, I think they're all really talented backs with different skill sets and some similarities, but they're all very different. I think Eno's good at getting yards after contact and uh, forcing missed tackles. I think that's what puts him above the other backs. Yeah. Zach, to what would you attribute the market improvement of the running game? And uh, as Coach Edwards referenced, there were some position switches a couple weeks ago, and you moved into the starting lineup at left tackle at Washington. In the last two games, your your team has been able to run the ball really well. Um, I I just think that all of the guys on the offensive line, we all have a great relationship with each other, and it makes it easier for you know us to, to move in and switch different places. Um, you know, none of us have a specific, really a specific position. You know, we, we all are very versatile, and we play you know every every position um, on the line, and so it, it makes it a lot easier for guys to come in and and um, and play and, and not have any hiccups. You know, you know when Casey went down and we, we threw Alex uh, Lasoya in there, and mm-hmm. you know everything was smoothly. Um, so I think we're, we're all just really close to each other, and and we, like I said, we play different spots on the line, yeah. and it just makes it uh, a lot easier. Talk about the responsibility for you. That's a pretty impressive thing to move into the left tackle spot where you're guarding Manny Wilkins' blindside. Um, yeah, I was uh, a little nervous. I haven't played uh, left tackle since probably my freshman or sophomore year, but, um, um, you know, I like I said, I've, I've been at left guard, right guard, at every position, and um, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad after, you know, all I needed was a couple snaps, a couple hits, and, and I was I was, I was good. Yep. Talking about interchangeability, Casey Tucker, you started the season as a starting left tackle, and then in that Washington game moved to left guard. How big a transition was that for you? Yeah, it's a little different, a little different angles. Everything's a little quicker. Um, but, I mean, it's a smooth transition. and I mean, I had a lot of fun playing the position. I have a lot of fun at either position, but, I mean, mm-hmm. moving in, uh, it felt pretty comfortable. What do you sense? Do you sense maybe that uh, in terms of pro potential that guard may be your best suited position? How do you view that? Um, I think I take it day by day and just kind of feel it out. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that I can keep getting better to where I can get to that level and, and confidently say that. Yep. Quinn Bailey, uh, with Zach, or with Casey coming in from Stanford, uh, tell me 
is he he had to be a guy that you would look up to because he is part of a terrific offensive line at Stanford and uh, uh, and is he a guy that you were you and the other linemen looked up to for you know a leadership tips advice that sort of thing yeah he was definitely a guy when he came in I mean knowing where he came from and the tradition they have there running the ball at Stanford that we all had questions for him on what they did differently and how their program was run to see what you know we could change and what we could do differently how about you Zach in the in that same vein uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Casey is, is a very um, athletic and um, um, aggressive guy. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of his techniques, I, I always ask him sometimes, how, how does he do it? Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he, he was definitely a guy that we all, you know, had questions for when he came in. I remember asking you early in the fall camp, Casey, about what you can pass on. And, and you said it's basically a lot of just real little subtle things that you share in terms of knowledge with your teammates, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all the little things, it's all the details. Everything adds up to uh, kind of create the the final, the final product. Um, but yeah, as long as you get the, the details in, um, they add up. Do you see the potential, Casey, in this program, in this O-line, that what you saw and, and were able to realize at Stanford? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely a, a winning culture here, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to kind of proceed in these, these next few games as we kind of go into – to more uh, the South Conference games, um, but I mean we all we all have that understanding that it's it's a big game. But yeah, our process doesn't change. Um, yeah, and and that's what Coach Edwards says a lot is just just be who you are, and and that's uh, an important thing that that we all need to take into this game. Quinn, uh, when he says be who you are, what does it do for you guys in the O line when you hear your coach say how much he wants this to become a running program, a team with a running mentality? Um, I think just keep, makes us have like a realization that we're capable of being a run first team and a team like Stanford that's as good as they are at running the ball. I think that we don't have to change a whole lot of who we are talent wise. I think it's just a mentality that we have this season that's changed. In that vein, isn't it satisfying, Quinn, when you come up to the line of scrimmage and you almost are in a situation where your opponent knows what you're going to do and you're still going to be able to do it against them, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge confidence builder. Zach? Well, tell me about the leadership Manny Wilkins showed you Saturday. Sick, as we detailed in segment one, and yet still able to play the whole game, throw for three touchdowns, ran the ball well, and uh, showed his usual leadership. Yeah, Manny is is, is an amazing leader, and, and he it carries on to practice every every day. I mean, he he, he gets us all going, and, and he makes sure that, that nobody's you know ego gets too high or too low, and, and you know he keeps us all in check pretty much for the most part. And... and um, as as a, as a quarterback and as an offensive line, you know you you, you really appreciate that as a um, you know yeah as a guy that's behind you and, and you it makes you want to pr- protect him more um, for sure. Yeah, a big game this Saturday at Colorado. The Sun Devils taking on the lone remaining unbeaten team in the Pac-12. Casey, uh, give with a, give us uh, your overview of this game against the Buffs. Um, I mean, a whole lot doesn't change as far as the process goes. I mean, go, we're going uh, on the road and. Uh, I mean, our history hasn't been good on the road, but that doesn't that doesn't matter either. It's it's all about just whatever thing we have next, whatever detail is important in the in the given moment of competition. So, um, I mean, as far as any changes, because it's a bigger game, I, I would say there are none. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, we need to know our opponent and know their tendencies and structures and and come in ready to to play good football. Stanford always has been a good road team. What, in your opinion, are some of the characteristics a team needs to have? and needs to develop in order to win on the road? Uh, I think it's definitely a process that you have to build because I mean, we weren't always good on the road. There were times where we struggled greatly, but 
it's all about figuring out how to to deal with whatever adverse situations come from being on the road, whether it's noise or or anything getting under your skin from the crowd or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. It's just dealing with that and, and shutting those negative things out and just finding a way to communicate with each other and be on the same page because that's what Zach was talking about earlier. We meet with each other in the, mm-hmm. the offensive line room. It's all about getting on the same page, and, and that's how we'd be to become a successful unit. Well, I think the offensive line is emerging into one of the strengths of the Sun Devil football team in 2018, and there are three uh, big reasons why up here with us on stage tonight. Uh, Casey Tucker, Quinn Bailey, Zach Robertson. Fellas, thanks for coming on the show with us, and uh, good luck this Saturday. Appreciate it. Great great guests, great job, fellas. Appreciate it. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Up next, we'll visit with the man who mentors the Sun Devil offensive lineman, first-year ASU O-line coach Dave Christensen will join us in a moment. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy, now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. College football team definitely needs a quality night's rest the evening before the big game, and that's exactly what the Sun Devils get at the Hilton Scottsdale, where the team stays before all home games once again in 2018. We welcome you back to the show, coming your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy, the radio voice of Sun Devil Football. Glad you joined us tonight. And in this segment of the show, we visit each week with a member of Herm Edwards' coaching staff here at Arizona State. And tonight, our guest is in his first year directing the Sun Devil offensive line, a gentleman who has 35 years' experience in college coaching, including five years at the head co- as the head coach at the University of Wyoming from 2009 to 13. We welcome Coach Dave Christensen to the show. Dave, great to see you. Thanks. It's good to be here. Must be good to be back on the sideline. You were, uh, what was it, uh, uh, a non-coaching consultant Consultant. uh, last year. Uh, What was the reaction when Herm said, want you on my staff in 2018? Well, you know, I was excited. It's it's hard for a football coach to not coach. And so when I had the opportunity and and Herm... uh, gave me the opportunity to, to get back on the field and coach the position I've coached for 34, 35 years. Uh, uh, I was ecstatic. Um, I was, you know, I, I wanted to be back out there on the grass coaching again. And, uh, you know, I love being in the room with the guys and strategizing and, and working with these young men and, and mentoring them and trying to mold them into, you know, not only great football players, but, uh, you know, great men. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And you've got a really good group. We were talking about that before we went on. We saw three uh, great young men uh, in the the last segment, Quinn Bailey, Casey Tucker, Zach Robertson. And I'm wondering, Dave, to what degree did you and your guys feel a sense of ownership over what Eno Benjamin was able to do with that spectacular 312-yard game last week? Well, I think our guys take great pride any time the offense has success because, you know, as everybody knows, it starts up front. And, uh, you know, when things don't work, that's going to be the first place that shows that, you know, where where the issues are at. So they take great pride in getting their job done, uh, playing together as a unit. And, you know, the the key for us is to get, you know, uh, Benjamin started. And once he gets started, then what he does after that is, is, you know, pure ability. And so, uh, uh, you know, they've done a great job, uh, you know, in in, in the first five games. I don't know that we've given a sack up on on the offensive line. Um, They've blocked well at the point of attack. We don't have a number of uh, negative plays. 
Uh, so, you know, really proud of the way these guys are playing. They're, they're, con- they're consistent in their play. They're playing tough. They're playing physical. They're finishing blocks. We have a thing called fatal finishes and uh, cut blocks, and we track those things. We had 18 of them in last week's game, which wow. is the most I've ever had in a game from an offensive line. So not only are they smart and, and great people on and off the field, uh, they're legally nasty when they play the game. <laughs> there you go. I love that phrase, legally. That might be a movie title somewhere down the road. <laughs> but you know what? Just uh, let's digress for a moment. I mean, we'll talk more about the, the the great run game and all, but you just brought up a great point that I don't think has gotten a lot of attention, the fact that sacks are way down. I think the Sun Devils have, the, have allowed the fewest sacks of any team in the Pac-12, 15th in the nation, only five given up through five games, and that is a major improvement over the recent uh, past history. Well, you know, and again, it's, uh, you know, my hat's off to these young men who have worked so hard since uh, last spring to, to master their techniques and their fundamentals, and, you know, a lot of it has to do with the game plan and how we're doing things, but certainly uh, they're, they're playing, uh, uh, you know, really well in the pass game as well as the run game, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and there's more elements and more people that are involved in protection than just the offensive line, sure. so, you know, our running backs and our tight ends have done a phenomenal job also. Yeah, they sure have. Um Getting back to the running game, though, we've talked about it a little bit with the guys and with Herm in the first segment, but I'm, I'm impressed with this kind of synergy that's going on between the running back core and your offensive linemen, where Eno Benjamin and the guys sit in in your meetings. Talk about that and how important that is to the success of both units. Well, well, it's huge when you got a running back that, you know, is, you know, they all know where to go and how to get the handoff. You know, Eno Benjamin wants to know what the blocking scheme is, and he wants to know the detail of it. And th- first, I thought it was a joke. In two a days, we'd be meeting, and Eno would come into our meeting room and sit in the front row in the middle seat. I'm like, okay, he's joking around, being a jokester, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it happened again and again. I go, Eno, what? Why you keep coming in here instead of being in the running back meetings? He says, because I've got all the stuff in on the passing game and you know protections. I want to know what the blocking schemes are. And uh, wow. so he's in, and so now every. Every uh, Tuesday, we have the tight ends and running backs in. As I install the run game, we're all in there together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's important that, that, you know, obviously the backs know how we're trying to block the defense and what we're doing so they know where to look and to key so they can make the right reads. Of course, his game against Oregon State gets a lot of attention, but we have to think back a week. And the, the running game worked really well up at uh, Washington the previous week. And I wanted to get your thoughts. Eno told us, uh, told the media Tuesday that he started noticing something during practices leading up to the Washington game. And I'm wondering if you noticed the same thing. He said the pad popping was even more intense, and he felt the intensity building leading up to that ball game. Well, you know, I've been pleased with the physicalness of our guys up front, and, and they have practiced well. And, uh, you know, early in the week when we're heavier in pads and heavier hitting, it's been extremely physical. We go against our defense uh, every day, a couple times a day, and so, you know, that allows us to play at a, you know extremely high level from a physical standpoint. And then, uh, you know, they just, uh, I think, uh, you know, our guys up front enjoy being, you know, the physical part of the football game mm-hmm. and if you don't then you're probably not gonna be a very good offensive lineman and you don't have a chance to have much of a running attack and so um you know they, they pride themselves in being physical finishing blocks and uh, um and it's paying off two big personnel moves before the washington game taking zach robertson who you told me played really well off the bench at san diego state slotted him into the starting left tackle spot and then slid casey tucker over to left guard what did you see that led you to make those moves and obviously they've worked out very well well you know first of all in our room you know these guys all know everything that that you do in the offensive line is earned 
And so you have your opportunity to show me what you can do. And, and Zach's worked extremely hard uh, all, all year. And, you know, he, he would have played earlier. He got injured. He missed the first game. It took him some time to get him back to 100%. Mm-hmm. But when he was given his opportunity to go out and compete, he did it at an extremely high level. And, and you know, we got, got, you know, we got more than five guys, and everybody wants to play, and it's real simple in our room. Play better than the guy in front of you because if you do, you're going to play. And, cool. and Zach uh, did just that. Boy, that is the most effective motivator in sports, isn't it, to have a guy in the Absolutely. depth chart right behind you? Nothing better than competition to make a guy play well. You know, a guy who isn't here, he was on an earlier show, I believe, but I ha- had a great game, I thought, on uh, uh, Saturday, was your center, Cole Cabral, who moved over from left tackle and has been the man in the middle for you this year. Yeah, Cole's uh, done a great job for us uh, at the center position and, and has taken on the responsibility of you know, calling out all of our uh, blocking schemes and ID in the defense and, and getting things started. Uh, uh, he's, he's playing really well for us also. Now, we talked to the Quinn and Casey and Zach earlier. I wanted to get your thoughts, Dave. Some of the other fellas that aren't with us tonight but I think have been important parts, guys like Steve Miller, one of your right guards from Gilbert High School, USC transfer Roy Hemsley, uh, junior Alex LaSoya, and even Tyson Rising, who appears as an extra lineman in some of those jumbo uh, packages. Talk about those guys and what they've contributed. Well, again, it's 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 great to have some depth and competition, and all those kids uh, have, have come out and competed extremely well since uh, you know the beginning of training camp, and, and you know everybody wants to play, but there's only five of those guys that are going to play at one time, and mm-hmm. and so you know they've got great competition. Roy's played in games, played well. Alex has played well. You know the last couple of weeks played extremely well. You know Steven's got a lot of experience. Uh, you know we missed Steven one game, but he's been out there and he's competed well also. Um, and, and then you mentioned Tyson, and, and, and Tyson's a really, really good football player. It's just, you know, he's got some really, really good players in front of him. Mm-hmm. And so we found a way to get Tyson involved in the game some and, and some different sets. And, and uh, so, you know, as long as we don't have drop-offs, guys you know, have earned opportunities to play, we're going to play them. And, uh, but, you know, the great thing about having more than five guys is it creates competition. And, and as we, we mentioned earlier, nothing is better than, than competition and somebody pushing to take your spot. Absolutely. As we mentioned, Dave was five, year, five years the head coach at the University of Wyoming. And I'm wondering what, from your experiences as a head coach at that level, what are some of the things you learned that have helped you as your career has proceeded from there? Well, there's there's a lot more on your plate as a head coach. You know, I'm enjoying uh, what I do now. I'm glad Herm's the head coach, and I get a coach again um, because I don't have headaches. I got a, a you know a room full of uh, you know great young men that there are you, go. you know they're they're uh, you know great in the classroom, great on the field, do all the right things on and off the field for me. So I just get a focus on coaching, and and that's really what I love to do is coach the game of football. Now the game a couple of weeks ago I think was a little extra special for Dave Christensen when uh, we played up at Washington because you are from the Seattle area. Everett High School, right? Everett High School, yeah. I used to work at Cairo TV in Seattle in the late 1980s, lived there for a year and a half, and uh, Everett's a town just north of Seattle. And Dave played at Washington from 1980 to 82, and you played for, I think, one of the unsung legendary coaches in college football history, the late Don James. Talk about Coach James and what he meant to you in your career. Well, he was probably the you know, single most greatest influence on my life. And, uh, you know, everything that I do, you know, from my coaching philosophy is, is based on what, what I learned from coach James and how he treated me. And, and, you know, and I mentioned this a lot, I, you know, I wasn't a very good football player as a walk on and not a very good one, but he treated me as well as, you know, our, our starters. And we had a relationship that went on for 30 something years. And, 
Uh, Coach was very instrumental in me getting into the business and and and, and mo- upward movement in the business, and very supportive of me. Uh, I had an opportunity to visit with him August before uh, he passed away. He would call me every year when I was the head coach at Wyoming and talk in the preseason. And wow. So you know, you know, my discipline, my attention to detail. Um, you know, holding my players accountable to do the right things, you know, trying to, to develop them into, you know, great young men who are going to become great husbands and fathers and those type of things. Those are all lessons that I learned from Don James that have been valuable in my life that I try to, you know, lead to my players. Yeah, he was a great, great coach uh, at Kent State as well as yes. uh, the University of Washington. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't he Nick Saban's uh, head coach? He Nick was. So Gary Pinkle, who I worked for, and Nick Saban were teammates together at Kent that? State for Don James. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Along with Jack Lambert. Wow, that's, isn't that something? <laughs> wow, that is awesome. Uh, before we let you go, some quick thoughts uh, on the Colorado game, Dave, and some of the challenges your O-line is going to face from that Buffs defense. Well, you know, they're, they're, they've got experience. They're, 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 they've got a good size up front. You know, they run well. Um, you know, they present some challenges for us. But, uh, you know, I think our guys are excited about it. We've had a great week of preparation. You know, we're going to face good defenses every week, um, and, and we know that going into it. So, you know, our challenge is to, to continue to play well, to, to, to get Eno started, to protect our quarterback, and to – to make sure that uh, none of the linemen are mentioned on television uh, <laughs> or until, radio <laughs> or radio until the game's over. There so. you go. Well, David, it's so great to have you here at Arizona State and great to have you back on the field where you belong coaching. Thanks for coming right. by. Thanks Pre- a lot. It's great to be here. Coach Dave Christensen joining us, Sun Devil Offensive Line Coach, our guest on this segment of All Aboard. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly and celebrate with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we continue our preview of Saturday's Sun Devil game at Colorado. That'll be coming up as All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, rolls on from the Lodge in Tempe. You're listening to the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Hey, folks, we invite you to visit the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe every Thursday night during the ASU football season for All Aboard with Coach Herm and stay afterwards with great food and an ice-cold beverage. And we do that every week, and we're glad we do. What a great venue this has been for uh, the show this year. Welcome back to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer. 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Tim Healy. Glad you joined us this evening. Coach Herm Edwards back with us now. And first off, Coach, uh, some thoughts from you and the fellows we just heard from. Coach Dave Christensen, three of his uh, biggins. Uh, Keith Jackson used to call them the big uglies in the <laughs> offensive line. Quinn Bailey, Zach Robertson, Casey Tucker. Impressive young men. Well, they really are. And they um, really do a nice job as a group. Uh, they understand. And Dave has created competition within the room and those guys when you when you have a group that understands that um, you become a better football team and that's what we're trying to do at all the positions here is create yeah. competition within the team and when you're able to do that uh, you'd be surprised how the level of play goes up absolutely let's look a little bit more at saturday's game up in boulder the sun devils about to take on the colorado buffaloes uh, one of 14 remaining football bowl subdivision teams uh, unbeaten 4-0 they are the only remaining unbeaten team in the Pac-12 conference. Uh, that game will be played. An afternoon game, a day game. How about that? I'm not going to know what to do. 
Me at neither. Two me neither. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> a day game? Get home at before are, five in the morning. What's what, up? What's up with this what, paradigm? What are we doing? It's going to be a little bit chilly, supposedly in the low 50s in Boulder on uh, Saturday, but I think we're going to stay dry, which is uh, always a nice thing. And uh, what what do you expect from Colorado? I'd have to imagine they're going to try to tempo you offensively. That's something they like to do, especially up in that altitude of their home state. Yeah, they do. And I think what they've done uh, the last four weeks that they've played, um, they, they get off to fast starts. They, they've outscored their opponent, um, what, 49 to 24 in the first quarter. So they put up points. Yeah. And, and, they've, and they've seen to do that every quarter. You know, this is a high-scoring team averaging about 40 points a game. So they like to get a lead by halftime and forces you into throwing the football on the road. Their, their defense doesn't give up a lot of big plays. They're very consistent, very well-coached football team, by the way. Uh, so it's one of those games where you, you can't allow that to happen to you. You can't get down early. Um, so I think our offense is going to have to you know, set the tone for us. And then from there, our defense can't allow the, the big explosive plays uh, where they can score and, and all of a sudden put us in a hole uh, second half of the football game. We talked about earlier their quarterback, Stephen Montez, and the great receiver they have, LaVisca Chenault. But they have a pretty good running back, too, Trayvon McMillan, a transfer from Virginia Tech. Uh, he was, like I think, the 16th all-time leading rusher in the history of Virginia Tech, which has been a great program. And he's uh, he's sixth in the Pac-12 in rushing so far. Yeah, they've, they've got some big players. I mean, the backs are big. They've got some big, solid backs. Um, and then this young man is, 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 is worthy um, of, of all the accolades he's received. Even uh, you know they're a well-rounded offense. Uh, they they present some problems, especially the quarterback because he can run. Yeah, uh, you know he's a big six-five guy physically yeah. too. Oh yeah, he's big. He's a big man, and you got to you know, one guy's not going to tackle him. You have to have a host of tacklers uh, trying to bring him down. Absolutely. What do you see on their defense? Very solid. Um, they do a nice job. Um, they play a little man, you know, play a little zone. But, but what they do is, is you don't get them out of their concepts. Uh, they're very confident, um, very well t- tackling defense as well. Mm-hmm. Don't give up a lot of big plays. Um, uh, you can move the ball on them, but they don't. They make you earn the yards. They don't give up big chunks. Uh, they've done very well in the red zone. They defend the red zone well. Right. You know, they're only giving up about 18 points a game, so that tells you their defense is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. They have a. Uh, they lost a lot of players in their secondary, I think, last year to, yes. the, to the NFL. But uh, up front, they're strong. They have a linebacker, number 32, Rick Gamboa, who I think has over 300 career tackles. Yeah, he's a good right. player, very active player. Yeah, knows for the football. Altitude, obviously. Is this a? Uh, I, I know you've been talking to the media this week, and you. I don't mention it. You I just, never. I've mentioned. I've mentioned it to our team one time. You just got to go play. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know. I played up there as an athlete mm-hmm. in college as well as pro football. You played at Denver Broncos every year. You never mention it. Just go play. Yeah. Play football. Yeah. It's no big deal. They they love to put signs up all uh, over the place, don't they? Stop it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, 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 you know, it, it just you know we we. You can make it anything you want. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a big believer in it's a mindset. You go play them, and you don't worry about that. You know, And people will look at the stats and say you got to get there at a certain time. And right, right. Stop all that. Just go line up and play football. It's easy. It ain't that hard. Key, key to the game, a couple of keys. Uh, I, I think the key to us is, is, is getting off to a fast start um, uh, offensively and, 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 and really continuing to run the ball. I mean, when you run the ball, you're in the game. Uh, and, and, and Dave knows this, and the offensive line knows this, that uh, a run game travels. Yep. A, a run game and good defense, they travel. 
They go in anywhere. The, in the history of football. Doesn't matter what the altitude is. You can put it is. in your suitcase, there you and it go. just goes. It there travels you go. well. You throw to put score, you run to win. Yeah, that'll do that's it. Right. That'll do it for our show tonight. We want to thank our host at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. We thank our engineer producer, Sean Crespin, for his great work. Our in-studio coordinator, Cody Fincher, back home at the studio. And thanks as well to ASU Senior Associate Athletic Director for Football, Tim Cassidy, for his help. And don't forget, no show next week with a bye week. We'll be back again Tuesday, October 16th at 7 p.m. when we preview the Sun Devils game with Stanford. Till next time, for Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening to All Aboard. So long, everybody. You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network presented by Mid-First Bank.